Ask me questions. I'll tell you no lies. <laughs> Hey, this is Brent Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Subway, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. This week, I am joined live in the studio by acclaimed musician, philanthropist, and officer of the Order of Canada, Molly Johnson. Molly, thank you so much for coming in today. I really well, appreciate it. thank you it. for having me. Now, Molly, you are the uh, founding director of the Kensington Market Jazz Festival. And oh, this that's is, a mouthful. It is, mm-hmm. isn't it? <laughs> so this is an event that you've been spearheading since 2016. Yeah. And we're talking, this is a massive event, right? So there's four. Well, it's musicians. massive, and yet it's not so massive because it's Kensington Market. So it's this beautiful little neighborhood in the heart of the city that's got nothing but history mm-hmm. and rotting vegetables, quite frankly, <laughs> um, and great food. Uh, And great culture, but it's a neighborhood. It's a thriving, working hundred years of the paradox of Kensington Market. Always changing, never the same, but always the same. Okay, it's always changing, but it's always the same. Yes, it's it's a a mesmerizing place. I love it there. And so, yes, we created me and two other, dare I say, uh, what what do we call ourselves? Uh, partially employed jazz musicians or underemployed musicians, Canadian musicians, with yeah. <laughs> a dime on our hands and a great Rolodex yeah. and a neighborhood that already had existing venues. Mm-hmm. So it was really a matter of just plugging this music into what already happens there, yes. including some non-music venues like New Bagel, Fish and Chip Place, oh. Belgium Waffle. We're putting curated busking into businesses. That's fantastic. The greatest example of that would be Tom's, the suiting guy, Tom. Who's yeah, the, Tom's Place. Oh, yeah, Tom's Place. He is the patron saint of the festival. No way. Tommy takes 13 racks of suits out of his store. He puts them in a trailer, sends them around the corner. I think he's parking him at Grossman's parking lot. I think yeah, that's yeah. where they go. Wow. And then we put a, a, a stage in there and a big, fat, acoustic piano. That's great. And... Those pianos roll into our festival morning in the morning, Kensington Mark around 10 a.m. It's quite quite something to see yeah, see yeah. as we set the festival up for the weekend. But one of those pianos goes right into Tom's, wow. and we have solo piano happening in Tom's all weekend long. That's awesome. And people are still buying suits. Um, Tom's still selling socks. Things are still going on. Um, but there's seating and there's people sitting around listening to this incredible piano music. So that's one venue yeah. of many in the market that we do. That is so great and so creative. I love Super that. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. And now this starts September 14th, I believe. It does. Right? Okay. It does. It's on the 14th, that beautiful sweet spot in September yeah. when everybody's all boo-hoo-hooing that summer <laughs> is over. And I go, hold it. We're not there yet. September is that magic month in Ontario, yeah, especially southern Ontario, where we get that beautiful blast of summer. Yes. And uh, the light is slightly different, and 
just a beautiful, my favorite month is I, September. I, I, I do agree it. with that. I love, I love that it. month because I consider it to be summer still. The, oh, the absolutely. Are... Let's not get all weepy in August, people. Calm down. Yeah, people get just because the kids are back in school doesn't mean the party's over. I totally <laughs> agree with you. And I've always said that. That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not over till October. It's not over till October. That's right. Yeah. Okay, great. So we have that to look forward to. September 14th through 16th, I believe it goes all weekend. The all weekend, Kensington Market. Leave your card home. Uh, get there by foot by all kinds of different ways. There's parking there, but it's just way chill to not bring your car. And it's cash only. This is how we get an engaged audience, right? When mm-hmm. when people are paying cash and there's no reserve tickets, there's no corporates, there's no there's no guest list. There's yeah. not that all that stuff's gone. It's organic. It's like pay your money. You pay cash money. My volunteer picks it up and hands it to the musician when the set's over. That's, that's what we're amazing. doing. We we that's how it works. The bar gets the bar, the door, the artist gets the door. That's great. It's super sim- simple. It wouldn't work without great volunteers, which who we vet all year long. Yeah. All year long we're looking for the perfect door people because yep. they're dealing with our artist money, right? So it's not just anybody, very special people yeah, sure. collect your money and then hand it to the artist. It's beautiful. Directly to the artist. Yeah, and the artist will have 10 or 15 CDs at their feet. They can sell them, keep the money. We have a few merch tables up and down the street, day of show artists, uh, some T-shirts, some water bottles, some umbrellas. All the venues, for the most part, are indoors. Yes. So it's not a weather thing anyhow. If it rains, it just adds to the whole ambiance of New Orleans. The vibe is so happening. Yeah. The market, the vibe is so cool, and it's chill. And you're just hearing great music, jazz or not. What is jazz? To me, it's now people who know how to play their instruments, and you can watch them doing it. Like, what they're playing is what you're hearing right now. That's it. There's no looping. There's no beatbox clipping. It's just what it is. Yes. And it's, to me, a very beautiful thing. Yeah, and me too. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, speaking of CDs, I yeah. have one from you right here. You were kind enough to bring it in today. Yeah. This is your most recent recording. It is. Molly Johnson, Meaning to Tell Ya. Meaning to Tell Ya, baby. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is so great. And yeah. it's available on Spotify too, right? It is on all those things. Yeah. Apple, whatever, and Spotify. It's called Meaning to Tell Ya. I've got a great, um, some great covers on it. Surprising to me covers. I cover, uh. I cover Marvin Gaye. Yep. I cover Inner City Blues, mm-hmm. which is a very timely lyric. I covered uh, Gil Scott Heron, nice. like, who's one of my dad's favorites. He also listened to Gil Scott Heron. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a very kind of obscure, cool thing. And surprising mostly to me was the Leonard Cohen track I covered. Like, I couldn't even believe I was doing a Leonard Cohen track. Yeah. And no, it's not Hallelujah, because I think Leonard made it pretty clear when Katie Lang sang it at the Olympics. Yeah. That really, nobody needed to sing that song again. Yes. Katie kind of put the bar right there. This song is now hers. Of course, nobody listened to Leonard, and people are still trashing that tune. But, yeah. but anyhow, if you really want to hear that song, <laughs> it's Katie Lang at the Olympics. But it's not that song. It's, um, it's a beautifully obscure song called Boogie Street yeah. that he wrote in the 70s. The producer on this record, I finally got my turn to work with the great Larry Klein, mm-hmm. who was Joni Mitchell's husband for 12 or so years. So he's practically a Canadian. But he's the Tracy Chapman, Nora Jones, Madeline Perot, Melody Gardot, that guy. Yeah. And it was literally my turn. And he said, <laughs> and he said, where have you been? 
And I said, I've been at home raising my kids. And oh, he went, really? Right. Got it. So it was my turn, clearly. Perfect. And he came to Canada, and we had five days with him. Yep. And I had uh, had and have now on the road sort of a Canadian super group of uh the incredible jazz lions, Robbie Botosh yep. on pianos and keyboards, and that's a Juno winner. And then Michael Downs on bass. Those guys have been playing jazz with me for 20 years. Yeah. So we've seriously got some stuff yes. going on. Yes. And then we added, and you guys might remember, two of the guys from Jack's Soul. Yeah. So we've got Davide Dorenzo on drums oh. and Justin Abedin on guitar. Wow. So you've got the Jack soul and the jazz, and it's created what I think is just a beautifully unique hybrid of jazz and soul yeah. music. Um, Justin Abedin having so much fun with Robbie Botosh on keyboards, on that, on organ sounds and B3 sounds and road sounds and all that kind of stuff, right? Those guys are having, live is exceptional because of course, you know, on a record we're keeping, you know, we're keeping things to a, a, a you know, amount of bars of yeah. music. Yeah. You know, a 12 bar solo is a, a, a extensive on an album unless you're, you know, Getty Lee. Um, <laughs> and there's just the one of him, as you recall. Yes, we all I met do. recall, there's just one of him. We all know. Right? But live, it's a gas. Yeah. Like the days of me strolling on stage in a borrowed $10,000 gown, leaning up against a piano, singing some very sad songs, mm -hmm. done. Mm. Done, kind of done. Yeah. I'm 59. I got an opportunity to actually make a kind of a kicking kind of record. Yep. So it's all about suits and boys' shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and having so much fun. Like, so much fun. That's the most important thing. It's so thing. awesome. Right. So uh, we don't have a lot of Canadian shows. We're, we're off to Europe. Uh, we're up to Sudbury yes, uh, this weekend. And then um, we're off to Europe in November. Uh, but back, double back around. By the summer, we'll be back, I'm sure. Great. We got to play the Halifax Jazz Festival this year and the Montreal Jazz Festival this Good. year. And Toronto Jazz Festival. That was pretty fun. Because mm -hmm. it's kind of not jazz. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of fun. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you'll be back next summer. I'll oh, definitely. yeah. We'll be around. I will be there. Yeah. Super cool. Meaning to tell you the new record. So, Molly, let's uh, get into your songs here. You oh, have right, right, a very, right. very nice degree of variety, and uh, you got some really rich jazz, gospel, and R&B selections. I'm a well-rounded woman. You are. <laughs> you certainly are. You started off with a little bit of classical music, yeah. Mozart. Tell me about that. You know what? I I love classical music, and more to the point, I love opera. Yeah. I love going to the opera. It's so out of my wheelhouse that I can actually be entertained. Mm -hmm. I'm not counting bars, wondering what their record deal is, wondering how did she afford all those guys on stage? Well, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. No, I'm just sitting in the opera, enjoying yeah. and being entertained. Yeah. And nobody on that stage is going to go, hey, there's Molly Johnson. Come on up and sing a tune. Nothing I hate more than that. It stops me from going almost anywhere. Oh, Because really? I'm yeah. terrified of that. But the opera, not only is no one going to be doing that, <laughs> but nobody in the audience really knows me either. Yeah. So I'm just of the people, of the audience, yep. experiencing that. That's great. And I super love the opera. And I... My background is actually theater as a child. Okay. And then uh, I, I was raised in the Mervish School of 
Broadway shows. Uh. So I did lots of shows as a child and lots of TV as a child Mm -hmm. and was a National Ballet School student. For many, many years, I was a ballerina. So I grew up loving the order and magnificence of classical music. Yeah, yeah. Um, And again, it's now so out of my wheelhouse, I find it very beautiful to listen to. Mm -hmm. I don't really believe in background music. Okay. Like we're either listening to music or we're doing something else. I'd rather have radio on or a podcast, cooking, hearing people talk. I I like to listen to stuff or kind of not listen to stuff. I would be so bold as to say that real music fans do not like what's called background music. Yeah. It doesn't really exist for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I kind of can't breathe if there's a Michael Jackson song playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's best that I'm not doing anything else but maybe dancing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Right? <laughs> okay, so that's my classical thing. And I, yes, I do believe it makes you smarter. I absolutely do. And it really? certainly inspires me. Yeah, yeah. It makes me orderly. Yeah, I in, love to listen in, to it. In addition to Mozart, what else do you listen to classically? Just about anything. And I mentioned Mozart because as a mom um, of kids who had piano lessons Mm -hmm. and know the story of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and did he really write it when he was seven and the mystery of that. And, you know, just uh, Mozart is very joyful. Um, I like Vivaldi for the same reason. I like the joyfulness of it. I'm not like a big Beethoven, like big heavy. I don't know it. I'm an ignorant to it. Yeah. I, I just listen to it like because it sounds great, not because I know much about it. It makes me feel great. I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, it's almost like drinking wine, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. concerned about the tannins and the yeah, yeah, flavors and all the nonsense. Yeah. I like what I like. There you go. And it's that easy, right? Yeah. Uh, your next song here is by, I'm going to see if I can uh, pronounce this properly. <laughs> Misha Breger Grossman Breger Grossman Yeah that took me about 15 years to say that the way I did <laughs> And I had a radio show on CBC for five years And I still struggled with it Misha Breger Grossman Yeah and She sings uh, Hymn to Freedom Yes I listed uh, three ladies there yep. Katie Lang's Hallelujah mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin's Respect yep. And Misha Breger Grossman's Hymn to Freedom And I did that so we could talk about How all three of these women Though are known to write their own songs and their own material. Mm-hmm. Those particular songs, when sung by them, they own. Yes. I think Otis Redding actually said about respect, uh, this young woman came in and took that song away from me. In essence, she did. Right? Really. Yeah. And he said it. And, uh, you know, Katie Lang with Hallelujah um, and Misha mm-hmm. with Oscar Peterson's Hymn to Freedom. Uh, just nobody... Nobody really should be singing that song, (laughs) but Misha, in a way, for me, you know, for me, just uh, Oscar Peterson, just uh, iconic, spectacular Canadian uh, with a great story. Aretha, you know, what's not to love? For me, Aretha, uh, as a singer, I don't like a lot of singers, find them kind of annoying, Mm -hmm. kind of narcissistic, kind of in their heads too much. Oh, I need my vocal rest, blah, blah, blah. I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> and I suspect Aretha had no time for that either. Um, I've seen her smoke a Cools, a menthol cigarette, and oh, then really? go sing. Really? Oh, sure. All the greatest singers smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not going to say about you know, but that's that's a true thing. Aretha Aretha has had uh, insane uh, pitch. Yeah. Like she would get to the actual core of that note, clear as day. Yeah. That's what pulled us all in, because it was like getting kicked in the chest. 
and she could fire him off. And and it was very her pitch, her accuracy yep. on the core of the note. You know, a lot of singers are skating around that note, skating around, skating around, skating around. You know, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> and Aretha would do that. You know, I, I I started listening to her as a kid with my parents, and it was all about gospel music with Aretha. Like I, you know, I grew, we all grew up with Aretha, growing up through her own, starting in church and finding her way and finding her voice, mm-hmm. but always having her father and her her background, her gospel, her church background, super important to, to her and to many black Americans. Yeah. She yeah. was the voice of the civil rights movement along with the staple singers and my parents as black and white Americans who came to Canada in 1950 whatever because it's getting too sketchy down there for them. I mean, I grew up, so I grew up understanding maybe in a more fulsome way than the average Canadian about the American civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And where, where were they in the U.S.? Philadelphia, my dad, and New okay. York State, my mother. Okay. Yeah, mm. liberals, clearly. <laughs> yeah, interesting, yeah, cool. So that is those three. Yeah. I want to talk about Miles Davis next? Sure, because it's, it's right in that same pocket. My dad, that's the first record my father bought me. Birth of the Cool. Yeah, that's absolutely the first record he bought me. And, you know, he was a gym teacher. Mm-hmm. He's not a musician. There's not a musician anywhere that we can find on either side of the family for many generations. Okay. So it's a class, and in fact, my both my parents, my siblings and I are quite believing that they're tone deaf. Really? In fact, we go to church and sit as far away as possible from the two of them, because they are terrible singers. <laughs> Love to sing. Nice old, big old voices. Where did your gift come from? Then? Because I believe it's uh, all children are born with a certain amount of musicality, and it's okay. how it's developed. It's how it's encouraged. It's how it's supported. Yep. I think we all have it, and it's about, about it's a clampdown. Mm-hmm. So before you know it, you got nothing. Okay. You got to read the original Mary Poppins. She describes that perfectly in her books. Okay. Yes, she does. Okay. As babies, we start to learn things. As we as we as we learn to tie our shoe, yep. we forget how to talk to that bird on the window ledge. Mm. This is a beautiful concept, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it would. My parents had mixed race babies in the 60s. Mm-hmm. There was still a Vietnam War. There was still all kinds of stuff going on, right? They were afraid for us. Oh, but they always loved musicians. They always loved theater people and actors. They were always surrounded by these people. So why not put us, give us opportunity to be in the theater? That's a safe, beautiful place for our children to be. Sure. With the Mervishes, where Ed Mervish is bringing up crazy plays like Porgy and Bess and Finian's Rainbow. He did some hair. Mm-hmm. That's Ed Mervish. Like, look what he did in those times. Like, he was outside the box in his most beautiful theater in the whole wide world. The place was a dump. <laughs> but we all, we all believed that the Royal Alex was the most beautiful theater in the whole wide world. <laughs> because you know what? It is. Anyhow. So I think uh, given opportunity, given exposure, given support, given love, most people have, I think it's in everybody's DNA in a way. Yep. It's just how it's fanned out or ignored or allowed to whatever. You know? Well said. Mo Kaufman is next. <sighs> Curried Soul. Yeah, Mo Kaufman, he's one of those Canadian musicians that, you know, need to be talked about more often, in yeah. my view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mo Kaufman, together with an amazing musician named Doug Riley, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Music, these guys in the 60s and 70s, Toronto was very much an R&B town. 
That's in, right. It's in the 70s. Yorkville, um, right? Yorkville, Young Street, Cockdoor, Soul Palace on Spadina, Spadina between Dundas and College okay. with the Elma Combo and Grossman's. Yes. And on that corner that's now a Rexall was that palace that yeah. Rush played at, Sly Stone played there. Marvin Gaye, everybody played that place, that yep. crazy pile of crap. There's now a lovely Rexall at the corner of Dundas. And Don't Spadina. even get me started on Don't that. Don't even get me started on that. Oops, nuts. too late. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, first of all, he was a flautist. He was a jazz flautist. This is a very difficult instrument I, yeah. to get anything out of, never mind soul. Mm-hmm. And it was a real thing at a particular time in musical, in the musical world musical yep. history jazz flute yes. the hell is that yeah and then he wrote that incredible theme for as, as it, happens. it happens yeah that theme is 30 damn years old yeah it's so good so i just love that and i wanted to talk about that <laughs> so i put it in there and doug riley um passed away a few years ago okay that guy his hammond b3 playing I mean, Stevie Wonder complimented the guy. Like, he was the guy. Really? And really the linchpin of so much of the R&B and soul scene Mm -hmm. of that day. He had a band called Dr. Music with great singers in it. Mm. Toby Lark and Sean Jackson and Diane Brooks. These were all girls, Sean Jackson, that I as a young girl looked up to these girls. These were my girls, like my sister, my big sister. My big sister, Tabby, was in Rick James's band. No, in the Minebirds? But after that, she was, say what? Like, she was that, she, that's her. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. How about that? Oh, yeah, how about that? My sister, Tabby, was in hair. Wow. And lived in L.A. for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Motown backup singer. Worked with Rick. Toured with Rick. Around the Minebirds time. Right? Yeah. Well... After the Minor Birds, because what happened there was that was Neil Young and Rick in yes. Toronto. Yeah, Yorkville. And they got a record deal, yeah. but Rick couldn't go because he was a draft dodger. That's right. He was here illegally. He was stuck. Yeah. And his name was Rick Johnson. No relation. Just saying. Oh, interesting. He was stuck here. Okay. And Neil went. Yeah. And that's when that's how you got Crosby, Stills, Nash, Nash and Young. And Young. Right. He joined them. Yeah. Because Rick couldn't come. And left Rick behind. Yes, he did. Interesting. And for that matter, Rick, uh, Neil's really never come back here. No, you're right. Right? Right. Yeah. We love him. We call him our own. He's. It's embedded in, I think, his DNA and ours. It is, you for know, sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he, well, he sang more songs about the U.S. than he did. But he I did. I mean, he was no Gord Downey. That's my boy. Oh, me too. You know, there's the guy that sings about Canada. Yes. Right? That's the guy that sings about Canada. Uh-huh. And that was a conscious decision, a conscious thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they could have been in the United States at any given time, but they had to take songs like, oh, I don't know, Bob Cajun yeah. out of the set list. <laughs> Bob know. who? You know yeah. what? Yeah. Texas? Hmm. Really? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I love the hip. And oh, I love yeah. that he did that. Oh, my God, yeah. He made being Canadian... A little bit more cool, didn't he? Through oh, 100%. You know, adding those oh, yeah. those those Canadian references yeah, into yeah, yeah. really cool music. Made, made, he made Canadian cool to Canadians. Yeah. Drake made Canadians cool to the world. Good point. To the world. Yeah. To the world. True. Right? Very true. Yeah. But you ask Drake, top five Canadian bands, I yeah. guarantee you Tragically Hip's in there. 
yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Drake's Drake's a beauty. Yeah, Aubrey. Yeah. Do you know? I do. Drake? Yeah. My brother directed him in Degrassi. Oh no way! That's <laughs> hilarious. My brother now directs like The Wire and The Shield and mm. Homeland and yeah. Orange Is the New Black and yeah. Is he, is he down in L.A.? No, he lives in Toronto, my brother. Oh, good for him. He just goes where the work is when it's happening, and the rest of the time he's sitting up here in Toronto ah. at his cottage in downtown Toronto <laughs> where the people in New York think, oh, yeah, he's upstate. Yeah, he's upstate, upstate. all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's at the cottage. <laughs> On a podcast, you can't see I was making those little, you know, groovy little quotation marky things <laughs> with my fingers. <laughs> All right, so speaking of Canadian content, you have got Blue Rodeo next with Try. Yeah, well, we got to talk about where the blue and Blue Rodeo comes from, and that mm. takes you right back to Mo Kaufman and Doug Riley and the R&Bness of Toronto at that time. And by the way, Jim Cuddy was growing up in the epicenter of that, going to North Toronto, yeah. and before that, singing in his choir in his church. Oh, didn't know that. Oh, yes. Ah. Oh, no, you don't get that beautiful, high, supported voice yeah. by accident, yeah, right? Jim Cuddy is one of Canada's greatest singers, I think. And that we all wait for that note in yeah. Try, don't we? We can all hear it. Oh, Just yeah. Just take a moment. Oh, I can hear it in my is. head right now. There yeah. it is. We can all do that. That's legendary stuff. Yes. And that's Choir Boy, beautiful Choir Boy, North Toronto, yeah. hanging out at Grossman's, hanging out at the Alma Combo, hanging yeah. out in Yorkville yeah. with his big brother, Going to Jarvis Collegiate, downtown Toronto. There's the blue and blue rodeo right there for yeah. me. R&B right yeah. there. Yeah. I've always thought that about the boys. They went to New York. They were called the High Fives. Really? Oh, yeah. Jim and Greg. Off they went to New York. It was They were like cow punks. Before Blue Rodeo. Oh, yeah. This was, yeah. they were like a punk band. A punky. They were like a Lou Reedy. Like, you know, you remember the day? Yeah, yeah. The 80s. Yeah, everybody was skinny and wore a lot of black. Yeah. That was really? them. Really? Yeah. And then they came back. And they were hanging around the Cameron. Yeah. Uh, and that legendary guy, Handsome Ned. Okay. This incredible, beautiful country singer, songwriter. Yeah. Died of a heroin overdose. Mm. Legendary guy, Handsome Ned. Yeah. Beautiful music. We all, all of us, I lived at the Cameron at the time, had a band called Altamoda. Okay. I'm sure the hip were float. We were all floating around. Yes. And everybody floated around Ned. Really? And we were all touched by that authentic twang, that authentic country spirit of his yeah mixed with such urban stuff yeah you know this is queen street when queen street had tumbleweeds blowing down it this was before le chateau i always <laughs> like to say that was it before le chateau le chateau or after le chateau because that was just the gateway into mcdonald's and everybody else yeah. we're done there we're yeah. done we're done there the horseshoe's there they make great music the rivoli's still there really? making great music the cameron isn't beautiful amazing music venue yes i love the cameron oh yeah i lived at the cameron for 10 years no way upstairs oh you did like i know i lived there oh wow oh yeah that's great yes it was the best don't tell my children never mind my husband best 10 years of my life living there telling you right now they actually know that they actually know that i don't let i let them know that all the time actually wow so what what time frame was this 80s, 80s. Okay. Um, That's a, that was a great time. Oh, man. I had a band called Altamoda. We were like a punk band. Mm-hmm. Circled all the A's. 
let artists dress me. So mm-hmm. I had ridiculous outfits. Yep. Uh, we played to pre-recorded audio and videotape that we made. Really? So you'd hear the saxophone player and he'd spin up on the monitors. Wow. This is just the cusp of much music. Yes. This is when Altamoto was talking about recording and saying we want to make mini films for all our songs. And people were looking at us like, what? What? What are you talking? That's stupid. Yeah. That's dumb. Not That's, so dumb. Anyhow. <laughs> but that was Altamoto. We were like the punk dance band of Queen Street mm-hmm. through the 80s. You guys had some stuff on Much Music. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Sure we did. And then we were Infidels. Yeah, I remember Which that. is a name that would clearly not go over well today. <laughs> no, Yikes no. is what I'm saying to that. We did not choose that name. We were bullied into it by a very powerful record company in the United States. Oh, really? Back in the day. They liked the name. They liked Infidels. That's bizarre. Yeah, well, he was bizarre. I'm talking Miles Copeland. I'm talking oh. IRS Records. Oh, really? Doesn't get any more bizarre than that guy. He invented the police, right? That was his brother yeah. in the police, Stuart, Stuart yep. who was um, Bonnie Raitt's drum tech. And Miles Copeland was managing Bonnie Raitt. Stuart Copeland was Bonnie Raitt's drum tech. Drum tech for her drummer. And he would, they couldn't ever get him off the drums. No. And Bonnie Raitt said, but somebody get this guy a band. Miles, get this guy a band. He's really freaking annoying. Are you kidding me? They got him a band. It's called The Police. The rest is history. Pretty, that pretty is the band. actual story of that. That's if incredible. anybody cares to know. <laughs> Holy I shit. got a million of them. <laughs> wow. I'm old. Okay, I, I am, and I've got great <laughs> stories. <laughs> You're crazy. That was a great story. Isn't it good? I yeah. had no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's The Police. Jesus. Wow. Miles put that whole band together. There was an English, Sting was an English teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Do you know why they called him Sting? No. He used to wear this old sweater oh. that was um, black and yellow yeah, that's right. stripes. That's he, right. He looked like a bumblebee, so they called right. him Sting. I kind of remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's annoying. <laughs> Sting is? He's annoying. He's too pretentious. He's got a musical. Yeah. What is it called? The Shipyard or something? Yeah, something. Something it's like here, that. I think it's coming. It is in Toronto yeah. right now, or it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. I saw it in the paper. Maybe he'll come too. That'll be fun. He might. Maybe we'll get him. I love show. a reinvention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more hit or more Canadian stuff. The hip, Bob Cajun. Oh, so with my kids driving to the cottage, the yep. parent, the in-laws' cottage, um, passing Bob Cajun, of course, yeah, yeah. blasting with the kids in the car seats. Yeah. I mean, nothing's more special than your three-year-old singing along. Could have been Willie Nelson. Could have been the The wine. wine. (laughs) He's three. He's still in a car seat. I'm like, what have we done? That's funny. Says mom. Yeah. And he's hilarious about his critique of Canadian music. He's ridiculous. But but, um, I love that song. I love all the lines of it. Mm. You know, the revealing themselves one star at a time. Oh, yeah. It just, there's just gorgeous, gorgeous gourd hipness all yeah, through that. Yeah. I mean, all of their songs, but certain ones resonate beautifully yeah. with me. And that one just speaks to me of family and place, yes. time. Yeah, and a specific place, the horseshoe. Yeah, yeah. Checkerboard Flores. Yeah. He's just a genius. With yeah, that beautiful. Stuff, he? Yeah. He loved history. He loved this country so much. Mm-hmm. I love that about him. Yep. No, me too. A true patriot. Mm-hmm. And missed every day. Yeah. Lucky for us, he left us great music, just like Aretha. Yeah. This is the beauty of that. Yeah. You know, they leave a legacy of... An incredible legacy. Incredible music, right? Yeah. Agree. 
Staples Singers. (laughs) This is great. So you said anything by the Staples Singers with pops on guitar. Love this. Yeah. Because he's a guy that used to play with with the greats, Sun House and like Robert Johnson in the 30s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, their dad. Yeah. Pops, pops. Yeah, Staples, so basically yeah. He, he and his wife, I think, just went out with their kids yes, and, sang, and sang gospel music. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. Incredible. Yes, they did. And became the other soundtrack to Martin Luther King's civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't hear a march. You didn't see it without hearing some of that music threaded yep. through it yep. fantastically. I, and I love the way Pop Staples plays. Some were crazy snakily around rhythm and lead and rhythm and lead and lead and rhythm and it's a blurry, beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, Delta Blues down yeah, in Mississippi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible. So I love that stuff. When I got your list, I actually uh, I, I started listening again to Sunhouse and just right, that. Right, you know, right. it, it just it's so simple, but there is so much in there yeah. in terms of both loneliness yeah. and pride at yeah. the same time. Right, right, right. right. And you can yeah. really hear that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful music. And, you know, it's kind of, it's it's too bad because, you know, some people will kind of make their way back there. Right. Right? Through yeah. bands like Led Zeppelin and, right. and that sort of thing and trace the genealogy. Yeah. But I, I, I absolutely recommend to everybody who does not know about, you know, the Staples Singers and Sunhouse and Johnson and all those guys, yeah. go back there. Yeah, because it's so easy to get. Yes. Yeah. It's two clicks and you're there. Well, all that stuff's on Spotify now. You know, it's ridiculous. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll tell you a game changer for me, though, was um, when when my oldest son turned 16 okay. and I bought him one of those, just one of those crossly turntables yes. that comes in a suitcase yeah. that looks vintage, but it's brand new. Yeah. But the speakers are, oh, you plug it in and away you go. Yeah. And this was a kid, you know, who grew up in an age of even though his mother is standing right there going, they're killing us with these one set of songs. Somebody's <laughs> got to play a songwriter. I'm done. Like, who cares? Yeah. No ripple at all. But the moment he had vinyl yeah. and I watched him and his friends, just the tactile notion of lifting up the needle and putting it down yes. was just a game changer. Yeah. The reading of the liner notes, the whole, oh, I know. it changed everything for him, yeah. including his respect for his mom, and who that, actually makes records. <laughs> so how old is he? Is he 13 now? No, no, no. The, he, he was 16 then. Okay. He is 21 years old, okay. th- going into third year university in Ottawa. Yep. He's going to be, we're not sure, diplomat, spy, same job. <laughs> um, loves political science, conflict resolution, international law, yep. language. Yep. Fascinating kid. Yeah. It's t- that's so great that you exposed him to that. It's fun being a parent. It's yeah. it's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not. Um, to do it right is, 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 it's tough. There's no books. I mean, there's a million books on it. There are no books on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and every kid's different. Yep. Every kid is. Uh, even my two sons couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. I've actually had people say to me, though it's none of their business, <laughs> say to me, same baby daddy. And I go, oh, see? There's my face. Who would say that? See? That's awful. Strangers on the bus no, will say that. No, they don't. Yes, they did. Same baby daddy. And I would look at them and go, not that it's any business of yours, but yes, same baby daddy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But it just, you know, it really different. And, you know, the, you know as, an, as a parent, the opportunity to be able to 
parent to their differences. Mm-hmm. That privilege of yeah. that is fantastic. Well, you know, my day was, here's a bologna sandwich. You're all having bologna sandwiches. I don't give a shit. Who doesn't like bologna sandwiches? We're all having bologna sandwiches. I know. And, uh, yeah. no. Eat or starve. No, no, no. It's, yeah. You like tuna? Cool. Yeah. Let me show you. But let me show you how to make tuna. Yeah. Let me tell you the politics of tuna. Yeah. Let me get deep with you on tuna. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm that mom. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was that mom. We're either going to go deep or we're not going to go at all. Because I was raised like that. I was raised by a crazy activist mother who you couldn't go grocery shopping without, well, we're not taking those grapes from Chile because they are not paying their workers. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, really? Well, we're not buying that because of this. Well, I can't believe you're serving this champagne at your wedding. You know we're boycotting the blah, blah, blah. Oh, 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 yeah. But... At the end of the day, awesome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I am crazy informed shopper. Every single thing my mother said back in the day is true. Mm-hmm. Nestle's is killing us. I'm telling you, she used to say stuff like that because she was in Africa dealing with baby formula, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Like, like, I just grew up in that world. She was a lawyer for Amnesty. Yeah. She worked with Fidel Castro. She worked with wow. all kinds of people, interesting people. Yeah. She was a terrible cook. Yeah. But a very interesting one. Mercifully, my father was a very good cook. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. So definitely growing up in that milieu is uh, definitely something that's, for good or bad, been passed on to my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mom was always right. Yeah. Okay. You've got one more, Molly. Oh, who's that? It is Neil Young and Harvest uh. Moon. This is a song that, you know, Neil's earlier stuff sounded to me distant and kind of sorrowful. Right. This song kind of welcomes you in. It's so friendly. It's a waltz. It's so romantic. Yeah. It is such a romantic song. And it's a waltz. Like it's a one, two, three, dum, do, dee, bum. Yeah. And that's, for me, one of my favorite tempos. Yeah. Such a beautiful, that's my ballet, Mm. I think. Yeah training in early life it could be, I think yeah. that's what that is yeah. um, but it is a beautiful song and I love a Harvest Moon mm-hmm. I almost did Morning Moon with Bob Cajun because that's another hip song yeah. I love that Morning Moon song of his Yes, I, that's a beautiful um, muse the yep. moon right mm-hmm. so yeah. I just love it I remember dancing with my dad standing on his feet you know the way the way you do and dancing yeah, yeah, around yeah. the kitchen to Harvest Moon and of course leads. oh that's great of <laughs> nice well this has been a great collection well thank you yeah well done thank you you are a lovely woman I am so glad that you came in today <laughs> well thank you so much seriously this has been a great chat it's been fun um, so Kensington Market Jazz Festival September yes. 14th and also meaning to tell you yeah I've been meaning to tell you yes <laughs> check it out listeners yeah. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Brent. Come back anytime. Sure. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> this has been No Sleep Till Subbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Molly Johnson. Till next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best selling author of No Sleep Till Subbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide. <laughs>